everybody, and welcome to The Wench Bench, where friends sit and talk about fabulous fictional females and how their stories have influenced us throughout our lives. My name is Fonda. And my name is Allison. Allison is going to be talking about the women from The Craft, something I know nothing about. So as always, this will be a ride for me that we're going to have to keep concise because <laughs> I have a meeting with my husband's mom in an hour and 15 minutes. Gotta love the in-laws. That's all good. It's it's like a 90-minute movie from, oh, from okay. the 90s. Oh, <laughs> a 90-90-minute 90s movie. Theoretically, it should go pretty quick. I'll try not to ask as many questions as I normally do. <laughs> it's all good. My notes are like substantially shorter than they usually are. Good. It's mostly just like, how do you like explain how you feel about this character? Because <laughs> I didn't feel like writing it down. <laughs> so a little more, a little more off the dome today. For those of you who do not know, The Craft is a teen supernatural horror movie that was released in 1996. It was kind of a big deal in regards to getting a lot of young girls like into witchcraft. A lot of okay. girls born in the 90s who like kind of grew up around that era. Quite a few of them who eventually did get into witchcraft talked about this movie because it was like before Mean Girls was Mean Girls. It was like witchy Mean Girls. <laughs> it was <laughs> it it had a very special kind of like girl friendship, but also Witches. Witches. <laughs> the craft was theatrically released in the United States on May 3rd of 1996 by Columbia Pictures. Hmm. And it was actually a surprise hit, earning $6.7 million in its opening weekend and $55.6 million worldwide against a budget of only $15 million. The film received mixed reviews, which is fair. <laughs> and honestly, I agree with all of them because the majority of the reviews just said like, they were praising the performance of the, the performances of the lead actresses, but ooh, the production value was not great. The oh. uh, the special effects are <laughs> rough. Ah, <laughs> uh, the times <laughs> rough to say the least. <laughs> and so, with like, kind of, and a little bit criticizing its writing. So, like, the inconsistent tone mm -hmm. and kind of mixed political messages of the movie, kind of didn't necessarily let it land as hard as it could have oh. but it still became like a cult classic there's still tons of people who like i don't care how shitty those those special effects are i don't care that it's a movie that simultaneously preaches female friendship while also being like and also female friends suck so, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little dissonant but i love it anyways because it's it's just a fun time the film stars Robin Tunney, Feruza Balk, Nev Campbell, and Rachel True as four outcast teens who together are able to perform feats of magic and whiff and whiff whiff witchcraft and witchcraft. <laughs> uh, I want to call that whiffcraft. No, we're doing whiffcraft. <laughs> Get in, loser. We're doing we're doing whiffcraft. I like it. So I'm going to do like a general synopsis okay. for the movie now. We follow Sarah, who is played by Robin Tunney, a beautiful young woman with an innate magical gift. She moves to a new city where she befriends a group of outcasts who are rumored to be witches. Ooh. There is Nancy, played by Furza Balk, who is poor and lives in a trailer with her mom and abusive stepdad. Oh. There's Rochelle, played by Rachel True, whose reason for being an outcast is unfortunately just kind of because she's black, which we'll talk about uh, Okay, um, as one of the, yeah. the things that really makes you, when you watch this movie, be like, this is a 90s movie. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. But True did such a good job. Like, she's a great showing in this movie. Wish she had more to do. And the last one being Bonnie, played by Nev Campbell, who has horrible burn marks. And so that's those are the three reasons these girls are kind of outcasts, which okay. is, you know, it's high school's a rough yeah, time. Just yeah. Generally a tough, tough place to be. Yeah, it still is. As a teacher, I can see. Yeah. It's not getting easier. I can't imagine. For many different reasons. I don't, I don't miss it. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> 
After seeing Sarah levitate a pencil in class, the other girls are convinced she should be their fourth to create a properly balanced coven, a person for each of the elements and the compass points. Sarah is hesitant at first, but a few events cause her to eventually agree. One of those things being popular boy Chris, played by a 90s horror movie heartthrob Skeet Ulrich. I was going to say, you were were going to the setup was like 90s, and then I thought you were just going to say heartthrob, but you said horror movie heartthrob, and I was like, immediately not going to know this person. Specifically because he was also the love interest in Scream, too, where Nev Campbell was the lead so oh, okay yeah a movie i've never seen but good for, it's good for the connection one day we're gonna talk about sydney prescott and it's gonna be great okay because <laughs> fonda hates ghostface we've established this i do i do i do i do i hate it so much i believe in our episode on final girls yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah i hate it let's move on so she goes on a date with chris and Afterwards, he spreads a rumor that she and him had sex on their first date and that she was bad at it because she didn't do it. And so he was like all butthurt about it and was being a dick. And that upset her. And so she's like, well, I want to get back at him. So let's go cast a little magic spell. Ah, the best way. (laughs) The best way. But they also, in true questionable consent guideline 90s movie fashion, it is a love spell. Oh, okay. (laughs) And it goes a little awry, as as is the theme in many cautionary witchcraft tales that, yeah. you know, what you put out comes back three times, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They're like, let's just do this love spell, you know, and then I can like reject him and it'll feel good. Right. And instead he becomes like obsessed with her in like an unhealthy way oh. uh, and things escalate, which we'll get to eventually. Oh, no. <laughs> They also began casting other spells, like one that made Rochelle's racist bully lose her hair, and another that made Bonnie's scars go away. And the most intense of all the spells that they cast is probably the one that made Nancy's stepdad have a heart attack. Oh. Which then resulted in them getting life insurance policy, and now Nancy has money, and her and her mom are now no longer living in a trailer. And so they all, like... Made their lives better through, okay. through witchcraft. Okay, okay. <laughs> but you know, it's it's not a horror movie if things go right. Yeah, right? yeah. Can't can't have that. <laughs> so the girls all start feeling powerful and confident. You know, Sarah's enjoying the like initial attentions from him and how like everybody's kind of reacting. They're like, "What do you mean you're like a you like this girl?" And he's like carrying her books and like. <laughs> always being nice and doing all this stuff and i mean it's skeet aldrich he's pretty hot (laughs) jughead's dad if anybody is curious (laughs) from riverdale right but like younger and i'm pretty sure this is the movie before he got his teeth fixed so he kind of has that like okay cute okay (laughs) i see yeah just looks like an like looks exactly like the kind of guy that young Allison ah, like, got, type. Got, got the dark hair, kind of, kind of thinner, more shitty. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I get it. She's she's aware, guys. I'm aware. She's self-aware. But I'm aware. Um, so the girls will start feeling more powerful and confident, but they are slowly being corrupted by this power, as one is like to do. But especially Nancy. She's starting to get very into it. Magic often has unintended consequences. For the girls, Nancy becomes power hungry. As I mentioned, Bonnie becomes extremely narcissistic. And Rochelle's bully is like horribly traumatized to a point where she's like weeping in the bathroom. And like, Mm. it's a lot. But we're going to kind of talk about the nuances of that later because it's complicated and very 90s. (laughs) Yeah. And lastly, Chris eventually becomes so obsessed that he attempts to rape Sarah after repeated rebuffs of his because his like obsession for her but it's really it's really fucked up and he does a really good job acting this because he's like clearly knows that something's like wrong he's like I don't know why I'm feeling this way but because the spell has taken on such like a 
like they they can't control it. He doesn't just like her. Like he he physically needs to like do something to like possess her in a way, and it's like really fucked up. And he does a really good job acting it. Um, nothing actually happens. It's just like the attempt, but not good. So bad things are happening, and Sarah is noticing. <laughs> the final straw for Sarah is at a party where Nancy glamours herself to look like Sarah and attempts to get Chris to have sex with her as like a messed up revenge sort of thing. For revenge for him or revenge for... Revenge for, for to get back at him for trying to assault Sarah. Oh, Nancy's oh, like, well, okay. I'm gonna, essentially, well, I'm going to assault him then. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Just, like that's better. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> It's not good. It's it's, Why? it's a 90s horror movie. Ah! <laughs> what did you expect? <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, the bar slows. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, and then the real Sarah shows up. And during this conversation, she learns that Nancy had once had a crush on Chris and had unrequited feelings for him. So their initial love spell, like their initial everything, wasn't necessarily about... Sarah, it was about Nancy getting revenge and controlling Chris. Oh, because so that's why it also kind of got fucked up because they all had to do the spell together. Yes. So her, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of implied that because of Nancy's obsession with Chris, it kind of like, it got worse. And she really just like, she wanted to control him. She wanted to punish him for not mm. returning her feelings. Cool, 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 feelings. Cool, cool. Also during this fight, unfortunately... Nancy ends up killing Chris. He gets pushed out a window. So that happens. Oh, dang. I know he fucked Which, up, the but poor like, guy. that's he, not. Yeah, he was an asshole, but he did not deserve to be put upon by a spell. And, and then, then murdered. murdered. So yeah, that was the last straw for Sarah, our heroine in this story. She decides that enough is enough and attempts to bind Nancy's powers, which actually fails and results in the others turning on her and tormenting her with visions and nightmares and delusions. Even trying to even going so far as to try and get her to commit suicide. She fights back, though, and ultimately defeats the others and successfully binds Nancy's powers. Bonnie and Rochelle lose their powers and Nancy is committed to an asylum and Sarah retains her powers having like accepted her natural gifts and who she is as a person and in gaining confidence and like doing all this stuff she kind of like finds herself and it turns out she is able to retain her natural gifts while the others who were going about kind of abusing them had them taken away because they didn't deserve mm -hmm. to have them. Mm -hmm. So the good witch, bad witch. Yeah. Very trope. much like yeah. that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's the movie. It ends with Sarah just living her life. Um, and Nancy being <laughs> in an asylum and the other two just kind of having to deal with it. You know, like Bonnie still like the scars remained gone, but mm -hmm. like, yeah, she kind of lost the kind, sweet person that she was by like, yeah, becoming hot. I mean, don't get me wrong. Nev Campbell is already hot <laughs> nobody's gonna deny that <laughs> but you know it's the 90s put a pair of glasses on a super hot actress and she's definitely ugly and would yeah. definitely never get a date yeah 100 <laughs> percent. it's just how things work <laughs> yeah you know it's just it's just what it is so first of all before we like really kind of get into like specifically talking about what i like about the girls there are obviously things from the synopsis <laughs> that need to be discussed. <laughs> yeah, Allison, yes. Um, yeah, this movie reeks of the time period in which it was released. There are other movies from around this time that have aged worse, for sure, and some that have definitely aged better. Overall, I think it's a pretty solid showing and definitely deserves that like cult classic title. And it can be a fun movie to kind of just like to talk about, to watch with your friends and chat about and sort of like communicate the, the problems with it versus the pros, the things that it did really well. Because it did do some like really fun things. As mentioned, the special effects were not good. <laughs> One of the main ones being Robin Tunney wears a terrible wig like the whole movie. Aww. 
because she had just shaved her head for a different movie called Empire Records. Okay. That the next time we have Nick on the show, whether you're accompanying us, uh, we're going to talk about all the female characters in Empire oh. Records, which is another movie that came out in 1996. Okay. Very good movie. Lots of fun. <laughs> and then you will get to hear Nick talk about his huge crush on Robin Tunney because he loves her so much. <laughs> And is probably one of the biggest reasons why I was able to convince Nick to watch this movie with me. <laughs> so Robin Tunney's in it. <laughs> this person's playing. <laughs> yeah, this movie came out in this weird sort of anti-John Hughes movies time. So think like Pretty in Pink, Breakfast Club, like those kind of like really uh, soft okay. sort of everything's happy kind of day in the life movies about mm-hmm. teens. And this was like anti that it was very much like the gen x revolt <laughs> that <laughs> happened in the like 90s <laughs> people just they were hungry for movies that explored facets of like teenhood and life mm-hmm. that weren't always talked about empire records had a few things in there as well like they had like a whole suicide plot line in empire records as well as like discussions of the concept of the false construct that is virginity and those kinds of things mm-hmm. which don't get me wrong i don't think that empire records went in there and like let's do a movie about like with a storyline where we deconstruct the ideals of virginity and how harmful it is to our world i don't think they were doing that on purpose yeah yeah it happened <laughs> and then other movies like heathers that yeah. were very like it's not all pretty and pink mm-hmm Mm-hmm. 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 Ha-ha. 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 Get it. <laughs> get it. <laughs> they showed like the more complicated friendships between girls as well as allowing mm-hmm. them to be mean and complicated. It's like we're not just all girlfriends and we don't all just get along all the time, but also just because we don't get along all the time doesn't mean we don't still like each other. Yeah. Relationships are messy and complicated they are and for this movie like you don't need to have the magic be in there to understand the concept of like three outcasts latching Mm -hmm. on to like a new hot girl who shows up who doesn't like the new hot girl who doesn't know she's hot and powerful yeah quote unquote right and she was their ticket to popularity or power Mm -hmm. in the movie so it's like it is a very direct metaphor that i think a lot of people can and did connect with the movie touches on like suicide in a way as well which a lot of movies like suicide became cool in the 90s um after kurt cobain completed suicide it was like a cultural shift around the topic Mm -hmm. which again kind of like weirdly ties back into Heather's which came out like years beforehand where they were like talking about it in such like a flippant way yeah where it's just like oh well like they died young and beautiful and it was tragic and they talked about it in this sort of positive like weirdly twisted positive way yeah Yeah. and so this movie I think has a lot of that in it as well and it's just it's very much a movie of its time Mm -hmm. and for somebody who enjoys movies from that time (laughs) (laughs) it's like I really enjoy watching it and like kind of digging into all those things that kind of happened around that time, which is just mm-hmm. like, yeah, unfortunately that was the topic to kind of end the discussion of issues that the movie has, but also tying into the girls. We're going to talk about Rochelle first. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. You know, unfortunately movies in the nineties didn't handle race very well. Shocker. I know. <laughs> big, big surprise. Yes. The sarcasm. It's such a like, it's such a catch 22 because they could have not put her in there. Yeah. But they also should have done better. Yes. Right. So it's like she was the token black character, mm-hmm. but she should have been given more. Like we learned so much more about the background and the lives of the other three girls than we did about Rochelle. Like yeah. basically all we know is that she's black. We know that Nancy's mom is like poor as her dad died she has an abusive husband they have like alcohol drinking problems Mm -hmm. like we get to see her and her family dynamic a couple times throughout the film same thing with bonnie we see her mom taking her to to medical treatments to try and reduce the scarring and like the kind of the trauma and the things that went on in her life and how it's affected not just her as 
the character that we're supposed to focus on, but her and her family and everybody around her. Same thing with Sarah. We find out her birth mom died, so she's living with her dad and her stepmom, and turns out that her birth mom possibly had like similar powers to her, and so we learn all of this stuff, which, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, makes sense. She's our main character. Yeah. But to then dive into the other two girls and not, and not choose to dive into Rochelle and just give her, like, well, she's black, so that's her bully. Like, it's it's just a lazy, easy choice. Yeah. No, it's it's, if, it's the same with, like, when they pick any kind of other character who could be the token this person. Like, for a while, it was, like, the token gay friend and, mm-hmm. like, other things. And it's just, like, they automatically be, like, we have them cool, check off a box, have them be a blank fill-in-the-box sort of mm-hmm. character instead of, like, trying to actually write a person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, True did a really good job with what she was given. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of, like, interviews and stuff with her, and, like, she has commented on, like, how she wishes that they could have done more, but also it's a slow process working towards getting better representation yeah like it, ta- where, it does take time like where we are now still isn't perfect no but loads better than the 90s yeah like the um the new one because they did like a remake oh. slash sequel to it called the craft legacy which was actually pretty good okay in the new one there's a character who's actually like ch- like chubby like a normal sized human being not like mm-hmm. classic skinny um and then they also have again a black girl in the group and they they dive into their stories more equally i find that they did a much better job of like making the four a little bit more like equally balanced while still calling back to the original in a good okay way very rarely do i suggest watching a remake but the craft legacy was actually good like if you enjoyed the first one i would suggest watching the second one that's a lot of fun little like callbacks if you like it so (laughs) would would suggest (laughs) but yeah so rochelle's bully was making fun of her like it's they specifically focused on the hair because the bully focused on the hair because she has okay. natural mm-hmm. hair mm-hmm. and so they were like they're on the swimming team and she's just like really shitty about it like oh like how can you fit it all under the like yeah under your swim cap like just horrible things and so then like the pretty blonde white girl with the blue eyes is like oh um and then she starts losing her hair and it's like yeah like that's traumatizing but also it sounds bad to say <laughs> That I would have liked something worse to happen mm-hmm. because what's what happened to some of the other girls, it, it was worse. Like yeah. their repercussions were worse than, oh, no, I hurt a racist's feelings. Yeah. And I made her sad. And then all of a sudden, one of the things that comes up later is like her then thinking about losing her hair. Rochelle thinking about yeah. losing her hair. And it's like you could have done more like, mm-hmm. and made it more impactful yeah. because genuinely didn't really feel sorry. I don't give a shit how much she's like traumatized and crying in the bathroom. She's horribly racist in this movie. They did they did a great job at making her racist. Did yeah. not do a good job at like fleshing out the character who was having the bad stuff done to her. Yeah. Um so I think that it could have been done in a better way, but mm-hmm. it was the nineties and you know, having representation in writing rooms and listening to actors and input from people who have actually lived that experience wasn't really a thing. No. It- <laughs> It was not. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but I, we still got to know her as a character, and she was still really interesting mm-hmm. to watch as a character. For example, in the kind of climactic scene when they're, or when Sarah is fighting back, she scares off Rochelle and Bonnie by showing Bonnie herself covered in scars. So it's like you can understand why that would be scary to her, but then it shows Rochelle losing her hair, which... Like, it it just didn't really translate as the same type of scary. It's like, I understand, like, I understand that I don't understand necessarily the connection of, like, black women to their hair. And it might have been more impactful had I been Mm -hmm. a person of color or had I had it, had I lived that experience. But to make it translate to a wider audience, I just don't think that it was as, like, it didn't hit as well. Right? Yeah. It was just kind of like, losing your hair is a pretty standard horror dream for a lot of people yeah. it just felt like it was it just felt impersonal i guess yeah it didn't feel like it was direct to rochelle as a character yeah. it just felt like this is a thing a lot of girls would hate to have happen to yeah. them or like anybody that views their hair as a big part of them as a person or mm-hmm. like 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just, I wish she had had more. I still love her, though. And, yeah, she's still awesome. <laughs> Movie would not have been the same without her, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, next, we're going to talk about Bonnie. Bonnie is the one who's played by Nev Campbell and is definitely the one who I connected with the most as far as, like, I'm this i'm scary spice or i'm sporty spice kind of connection right yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) um love that you're doing that in a horror movie (laughs) (laughs) when there is a group of women that's like four women everybody always has the one that they choose right that's fair like everybody has the friend that they are everybody has the like the mean girl that they are or whatever like (laughs) fair point fair point (laughs) we all pick a sanderson sister (laughs) we do (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how much you watched Hocus Pocus when you were a kid. I watched it a lot. <laughs> I no, sorry, no. I was Mary, the one who flew on the vacuum cleaner because I loved her so much and I she made me laugh. I love that for you. I do. <laughs> so we learn that Bonnie had a terrible accident that left her with horrible burns along her back and much of her body. So that made her wear a lot of larger, loose-fitting clothing to kind of hide. The thing that she was self-conscious about. Mm-hmm. We also see her getting these extremely painful treatments where like they're like shooting it with a laser to try and break oh. up the scarring and doing all this stuff. And it really like you really get a ta- time to connect with mm-hmm. why she is so not necessarily broken, but why she is so self-conscious. Mm-hmm. Like I remember being a kid in high school and wearing like big baggy clothes and kind of just like. Anytime you got a zit, you were like, everybody sees my zit. Yeah, like I developed pretty early, like physically. And so it's just like I didn't like wearing low cut tops and stuff like that. And I just got very like. You remember wanting to hide yourself. Yes. Yeah, I remember Mm -hmm. wanting to hide myself. I remember not feeling like my body felt like mine kind of thing. And so like I just I connected with that a lot. Mm -hmm. And when she does get the chance to like use the magic and to heal and gets the opportunity to become not just what she would have been had this accident not happened, but what society expects her to be. Yeah. Right. Like society can't look at somebody with burns and be like, Oh, that's a beautiful person because Mm -hmm. we're not shown that we're not told that that's okay, that you're allowed to be imperfect. Mm -hmm. And so when she does become, you know, no scars, they kind of go away they sort of celebrate thinking that the treatments did it and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. So they kind of hide that that way. But she becomes really like narcissistic, mm. which is for sure. Like I know myself enough that like <laughs> were I to gain something that would make me feel more confident were the were something like that to happen to me. It's like, do, am I going to sit here and say, no, I wouldn't have become like kind of narcissistic and shitty. It's like, no, yeah. I can't. I can't say that. Because you're in high school and you don't, like, I 100% understand exactly why she became who she was in this Mm -hmm. movie, which was really impressive for a movie from the 90s to, like, let her kind of go that way. And I don't think that they ever really necessarily made any of these girls out to be the bad guy. Yeah. It was just logical what would have happened Mm -hmm. the way that they responded to getting these powers, to getting this stuff. It just made sense. Mm Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, when they're, like, in the final scene, one of the big things that scares her off is seeing, like, her body fully scarred, which is, like, a completely understandable fear. It's like, yeah, you you have this power. You have this thing that's making you popular and attractive and confident, and somebody can take it away from you. <laughs> and then you have somebody like Nancy who is telling you this person is going to take this away from you. Yeah. So, like, you can understand why both Rochelle and... Bonnie were like okay we have to get we have to stop Sarah because she can she can bind these magic powers she can stop us from having them she can take away everything that they feel like they deserve yeah whether or not they deserve it that's a whole different conversation <laughs> but <laughs> still you can understand their their drive to that's do like with things. any sort of like human nature when someone else threatens to take something that in your mind is like something you should have you work towards or is your like right to have mm-hmm. like a lot of people will feel threatened by that yeah. even if it's something that you know 
I there's a lot of people in the world I think should have the power and stuff that they have. But oh, if yeah. I went to try to take that from them, I know for a fact they would not be like, yeah, yeah, yeah this is no, fine. you're right, yeah, take it. It's like any person would be like, no, yeah. whether that person really deserves the thing or not that you're taking away from them is, yeah. So yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So just a really good character that I, I connected with a mm-hmm. lot. And now we're going to talk about Nancy. Yeah. Oh, Nancy played by, played by Feruza Balk. It's just fucking amazing. <laughs> Allison's like, it's a good she choice. <laughs> is unhinged, like absolutely unhinged, like classic goth girl. Like super aesthetic. I'll t- I'll pull up a picture of Nancy. Please, please show me for you. Um, I'm gonna witness this. It's like, where's a good one where she's not making a fucking face? <laughs> <laughs> What's the face? Oh, well, this is one of like the first ones that like came up where she's like about oh, to stab somebody. Okay. Um, so I'm looking for like a more like normal, neutral face, a more neutral, face. not a. <gasps> Um, or like this one she just has the the biggest like her mouth is so big (laughs) and she can just like when she like smiles and spreads her teeth teeth, it's just it's just so much teeth um and she gets these big huge crazy eyes and you're just like oh my god she just she just does such a good job there's a pretty good one just like an action shot okay but yeah like pale skin super dark red lip like got all like the Madonna cross chains, like lace and black and just, Oh, such a fucking vibe. I love it so much. If I had the confidence to wear that kind of shit when I was younger, I loved that look. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like super dark hair. First of all, just absolutely fucking killed it in this movie. There's all these like things going around the internet right now talking about like, female rage written by like the male perspective versus written by the female perspective and i think this movie actually like what she did in this movie is such a like it's such a female rage movie you can just tell that this girl feels trapped and she is a like she is a fucking feral cat in a corner Mm -hmm. who has been like who has had everything taken from her she lives in a trailer people call her trailer trash they call her a whore they share all these like horrible rumors about her and she just her only defense mechanism is to be meaner is yeah. to shut off the rest of the world and to desperately claw for power mm-hmm. like very much the epitome of like what we stereotype as like 90s kind of school shooter movie yeah. vibes where it's like in this case she used magic in a case like heather's other things, in a case like heather's yeah he was using a bomb like he was yeah. she is very much that character in female form which you don't get to see a lot mm-hmm. and you just you see how angry she is at everything and mm-hmm. she does such a good job and it's so fascinating to watch and you fucking hate her for <laughs> it <laughs> but it's so good <laughs> and oh fuck i just i love watching her in this movie her whole face like her whole everything is just on point yeah, like vulgar, hyper hypersexual, like angry at the world. Oh, so good. And she just gets to be that. Mm-hmm. And that just gets to be who she is. And mm-hmm. it's so good. <laughs> the song I'm Just a Teenage Dirtbag comes into my head. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, and we get to see, like, specifically, like, the situation with Chris, where, you know. Yeah. Sexual assault in movies in the 90s, in movies mm. now, is still, like, especially, like, against male presenting characters is really not mm-hmm. a topic of discussion that's no. talked about nearly as much as it should be. Um, it happens both ways. Sure does. And so you can understand where she's coming from, mm-hmm. but I don't think they necessarily hit home as, like, it's like, oh, well, she's just, like, crazy and was lying to him. Um, I think that they could have hit home that what she was doing was <laughs> more wrong. You know? Make it obvious to the audience, please. Yeah, could have been a little bit more obvious with it, but, yeah, it's... <laughs> My my answer to a lot of things is it's the 90s or it's the 80s or <laughs> whatever movie it was that I'm watching because like we're not going to be able to go back and change this. It's not no. something I'm not one of those people who believes in necessarily like stripping pop culture from the world. Yeah, I think it's something that we can look at and learn from certain mm-hmm. things obviously deserve to go in a hole and die. Um, <laughs> there are definitely some things that do not deserve to exist anymore. I don't think that something that's just like questionable 
is something that falls well, under that range. As a, as an educator, <laughs> I'd like to say it's really good to teach people why things are questionable and why yeah. things are wrong and why in fiction sometimes exploring that isn't a way to be like, we don't want to romanticize it, but it's good to have it there because everyone has a story to tell. And if you don't have those things then it doesn't make talking about it feel normal and like in a way therapeutic kind of for some people that yeah. go through certain things to see themselves in a character that's like, oh, they also experience this really shitty fucking thing mm -hmm. and someone's handling it in a way where it's not romanticized. Exactly. And like, I don't know. I know it's kind of like a, not a lot of people view it that way and everyone's just like you should never have anything in fantasy where it's like this things happen because people can't tell the difference between fiction and reality there's a lot of people that can't i will say depending on like context yeah. age level etc like where you are like a lot of young children just their life experience yeah. in general the amount of people who completely miss the fucking point of fight club is countless Mm -hmm. I've never seen it, but I've heard. It's not <laughs> I've, good. I've heard from a lot of, yeah. uh, like, uh, there's a psychology teacher who does, like, a whole lesson about Fight Club and yes. talks about it, yeah. Yeah, if you understand it. It's a it's a good, like, introspective mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. If you don't, and you're just like, yeah, Tyler Durden is awesome. It's yeah. like, you missed the point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're not talking about Tyler We're not. Right but I just wanted to say, yes. Allison's right. Like, we shouldn't get rid of things that are problematic. There are things that should be fucking not. Mm -hmm. No thanks. Goodbye. Yeah. X a few things off that list. But in general, like, we as humans need to learn and evolve. And those things are examples of, like, hey, this is a good thing to look at for X, Y, Z. We shouldn't fault it because of the time it was at and be acknowledge and like conscious of it but and actually that's one of the storylines that i think the craft legacy did really well is that they did like a similar storyline they did a love story or a love spell mm -hmm. kind of thing and when the character did the love spell the other girls that's actually what like caused the split in the movie is they found out that this character did this love sp love spell the one who was new to it and the other three were like what the fuck are you doing that's super wrong. Like, you shouldn't do that. So that was, like, a big contentious point. And then she starts questioning it. It's just like, well, if it's a love spell, is it his choice? Like, and they, they really get into it. And they mm -hmm. kind of, they face that in a way that I think is a lot more responsible. So that was one of the really fun, like, updates that they did. Yeah. That I think that they did really well. Um, because they did not, <laughs> they did not, <laughs> they did not examine that at all in this movie. <laughs> like... Yeah. So, I remember know. a lot of cartoon shows that have love potions. Yeah. And never in my head thinking that was a bad thing. You just don't. And but I and, and and then yeah. So Yeah, so here we are. But yeah, um she was amazing. Nancy was fucking awesome. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> and so good. And I fucking I love Nancy. <laughs> I wish I wish I had even a dollop of the confidence that Nancy had just a little bit because she was fucking confident and they did a really good job at showing why she got these other girls to follow her why she was charismatic like she was insane like unhinged but her conviction and her like confidence in what she was portraying a lot of that was false confidence a lot of that wasn't like you know, didn't go all the way to the core of who she was, but you could see why these girls fell into step with yeah. her. And it was it was really well done. First of all, amazing job. <laughs> Just so good. Uh, so now we're going to... Sarah. We're going to talk about Sarah. Yes. Robin Tunney. Yes. So good. Yes. How is Sarah spelled? Is it S-A-R-A? Is it S... How is it? Oh! <gasps> My dog was spelled that same way. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just curious naming um, conventions. Mm -hmm. Robin Tunney was so good in this role because she's beautiful, but she has this like way about her at the start of the movie, and she has this like she has it in um in Empire Records too, where she has the ability to be like shy and self conscious, mm -hmm. but you still believe it. Mm -hmm. Like she's not like there are some people who like are beautiful and who have to like act as like the outcast character who you're just like you fucking know you're hot like <laughs> this doesn't land well but she just has this like she just portrays such a nice 
human being. You just feel the good vibes coming from Robin Tenney. As mentioned, it's revealed later that her mother sort of had some sort of like power as well. And the whole story is very much about her finding her self-confidence and embracing that power within her that like embracing her womanhood and who she is as a person it's an inspiring story in that way that you're just like yeah like by the end of the movie she doesn't need to be like protected and saved she doesn't need these friends around her not that she wouldn't want want friends Mm -hmm. around her not that had things gone better that they couldn't have stayed friends but She's like, yeah, like you guys were using me. And that's also something that happens a lot in high school, right? Like she realized that they were using her for her powers. And she's like, you guys don't like me. You like what I'm giving you. Mm -hmm. And for then for her to then find the strength to be like, I don't want that anymore. I don't need that. I don't need to be used. I can be on my own because it was a lot about her like feeling lonely and all that stuff. And like finding the confidence to be alone Mm -hmm. is also a really good story mm-hmm. um it's like i talked about that already i talked about a lot of <laughs> i talked a lot of lo- about a lot of the notes that i have on why i love sarah kind of throughout the conversation mm-hmm. so i'm just kind of skipping through them <laughs> <laughs> did this one did that um, one yeah kind of just to touch a little bit on how like she reacted to the obsession with chris yeah um, like you could tell there was like this shift from where she was enjoying it like enjoying him like offering to carry her books and like kind of chasing her around like a puppy and like he had this crush on her and she's just like yeah. oh like who how doesn't want to feel right? wanted like especially like it's the it's the most popular guy in school he's a yeah. football player like everybody wants him and he wants me and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how can you not get a little bit like drunk on that little bit of power how is that not something that you enjoy mm-hmm. but then like as she starts realizing that he has no control over it because Mm -hmm. as I mentioned, he did such a good job at acting it. Like she knew it's like, there is something wrong here. Like this is not who he is as a person and like watching him kind of break down and watching her having to try and react to that. And she wants to help him, but then Mm -hmm. she's like, he gets the wrong messages from her wanting to help him because she's a good person. And it's just, it gets so complicated and it's done so good as questionable as like the consent side of things are like, the way that she handles the situation is done so well. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, she, she just did such a good job with this movie. <laughs> well, it's good that he also did a good job too. Yeah. Cause if your acting partner can't, if you can't meet each other fluidly, it can be hard to yeah. like send across. So that's, that's good for, yeah. for the, for the show, the movie. I was going to yeah, say show. The show. <laughs> it's a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> and yeah, like I think, a lot of us could connect, especially like me as well. Yeah. You come in as like a new person and then there's these people who like welcome you in and like, yeah, they kind of feel like an outcast and they're like, Oh, Hey, come in. And then all of a sudden you realize like, Oh, Hey, like maybe you guys aren't the greatest like group of friends to be around. Like it happened to me, like kind of at St. Anne's a little bit when I was younger. And it's, Uh yeah, like I don't want to be here, but you are also all that I have. Yeah. And it's this really complex sort of strange amorphous kind of feeling where you're just like yeah like i can't leave this though yeah because what will happen if i do what will happen if i do like you you're all those three were there were her only friends she had Mm -hmm. no connection to anybody else because in having them suck her in so soon she couldn't make actual connections with anybody else and so now all of a sudden she's in this group and she doesn't know how to get out yeah and then things escalate and get bad. (laughs) so it just it had so many good parts to it. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, like there was there are certain things that just kind of like didn't necessarily hit as well because it's like the movie is like about female empowerment and female friendships. But then female friendships are also the enemy. But they're also calling corners to a male power figure, like not necessarily the devil, but a lot of new yeah. like witchcraft movies will kind of call on something more like Hecate or kind of more feminine powers when it comes to like witchcraft and stuff, mm-hmm. because it's a little bit contradictory feminine powers coming from a male Satan kind of thing. And so yeah. like kind of getting the old understanding of what, what witchcraft was is very prevalent prevalent in this mm-hmm. movie It's like, this is what we understood it as at the time. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like a lot about that. And then she's like, Oh, you don't deserve the power. And so it, it has a little bit of like questionable, like dissonance in what it is that it's trying to get across. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's a well done story about four 
women finding power mm-hmm. and how each one of those very different women handles that power in very different ways. Yes. And for that, I think that it's really good. And yeah, I love all the, all the women in it were just fucking awesome. <laughs> and they did such a good job. Aww. <laughs> uh, duh, do you remember like Winx Club? Yes, I do. <laughs> do you remember? I can't remember the name of it. I think it was called, it was just called Witch, I think. But it was like another like cartoon. They were like green, purple. They all had like a different kind of outfit and they all had like a different oh. power to them. I'm trying to remember. I know it was called Witch. Um, Witches? No. Maybe witches? Fuck. We'll find out. It's it doesn't matter. It's not what we're talking about. <laughs> but like, yeah, the 90s, early 2000s, there was a lot of like magical witch things. Harry Potter was also mm-hmm. booming at the time, which, oh God. <laughs> oh, that's a thing. That's a thing. But that's ignoring a thing don't it. don't have time for. No, ignoring it. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, I think there's just something in like for women, for people who are female identifying, for anyone that's like in that realm of the world, like mystical power of that kind not like wizard power mm-hmm. where you're like oh i can whatever if i study the arcane and draw circles and sigils <laughs> i get things it's just like you have this thing and it's unexplainable and like other people help you learn it yeah. it's like a very like female thing like your mom mm. teaching you how to bake or your grandmother taking you and being like hey like here's how you do a garden and like the earth is always symbolic as mm. like something that to do with like women and motherhood that it's just like I can see why that was really popular for us and other people growing up and being like it was also a marker of you not fitting in at the same time yeah yeah and like that is and I think will always be like a difficult balance when it comes to any sort of media regarding like witches and witchcraft is to play that balance of not having it turn into that satanic satanic bad bad thing where it's just like it is dangerous for women to have power but have it be like the power of femininity Mm -hmm. the strength in feminine arts not necessarily female arts but in the in things that have been classified as feminine in things Mm -hmm. like gardening making tea like Mm -hmm. Things like that are all things that have been historically made less than mm-hmm. because it is not something that historically men do. Yeah. And so they it has been devalued. It has been turned into and twisted into something that can then be viewed as evil, which is, I think, more of a part of why mm-hmm. I have stuck with enjoying and consuming more like media and more history and stuff on stuff like that because I do find it fascinating the way that something that should have been seen as something good for a community is then mm-hmm. twisted like the Salem witch trials like it's it's yeah. happened in history there is proof that a woman with a power. woman with power is dangerous mm-hmm. and as much as like this movie had like one of the big like pitfalls is that it's like well this one woman is good yeah but all the other women who had power are bad (laughs) yeah and it's like so that's kind of again where it's like one of those things that's a little bit dissonant like Mm -hmm. this doesn't quite land the way that you want it to or that you hope that it will in Mm -hmm. the future Mm -hmm. which is still fine like it's again it's a stepping stone it's a progress it's us moving forward Mm -hmm. and i think it has it has value for what it is as a movie and as like a cultural moment Mm-hmm. And it, it got me into this world that I enjoy. Um, and witchcraft is awesome. And so it's finding your power in your femininity, whether you are male, female, whatever you identify as, finding power in something that has historically been told is not powerful, mm-hmm. I think is a really, a really good thing to try and do. I agree 100%. All right. And that is why... I love the ladies of the craft. Yay! What, what are you excited about, Fonda? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Not Jesus Christ. Sorry. Jesus Not Christ. Not our, our Lord, Lord and Savior. Savior. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's, this is a Dimension 20 meme for yeah, anyone that watches <laughs> Dimension 20 and Brendan Lee Mulligan. Um, I guess what I'm excited for 
right now is Adam and I are watching Ted Lasso. Oh, I've heard it's good. It's really good. It's really heartbreaking and like wholesome and enjoyable. And like, I really like the writing and there's a lot of stuff that I'm not getting because it's like British stuff, but it's nice because there's like the main guy is American coming to Britain. So like Mm -hmm. things get explained. But like we just finished one episode where like this optimistically happy, like very like, ooh, everything's positive person finally gets pissed off. And I was like, <gasps> like I was just taken aback. I love and those moments. I know, but it's so great. I I recommend it for like anyone that just wants like a nice wholesome show. Each episode's like 30 minutes. I think I heard they have another season coming out in the spring. Um, but I really like it, and there's some like really nice complex female characters in the show and Ted Lasso's also I'm just like man like I don't often like to say this is a a well-written character because everybody has flaws but fuck Ted Lasso's like they thought about him as a character and it's Jason Sudeikis right yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's good it's really good like a lot yeah I, I, I would recommend it if you just want like a nice good wholesome show that has like a few episodes that just fucking hit you with emotions i love that i was weeping one night i, I was it. just like <laughs> you're I making shit me like feel that. shit like shit's creek like yes. like brooklyn 99 where everyone's not you're just like i'm laughing i'm having a good time and it's like and now my heart is breaking and i'm dying inside <laughs> you got me you got me but yeah that's what i'm into right now and there's like yes. other things coming up in the future allison and i were just talking about D and so yeah, you know, love a good love. It. I just things are good right now with content. Yeah. <laughs> um. Wow, this has been a while since we've recorded. So excuse me as I read notes for the first time. <laughs> you can find us wherever podcasts can be found. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already, especially on Spotify because that's mm-hmm. where most people seem to like listen to us. So if you're a Spotify listener, please you can give us a rate and a comment now. Please do. You can also follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at WenchBenchPod. And if you want to reach out, you can send us an email at WenchBenchPod at gmail.com. All the art for the WenchBench was designed by the wonderful Tessa Joyce Reekin. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram at Wervil. I recommend their Instagram. They're in Japan right now. And every now and then they do cool little like stories like a stray cat wandered into a place they were staying at and just like hung <laughs> out. And it was really cute. Um, but thanks for listening. And as a reminder into the new year we're still just doing like one episode a month just with like mm-hmm. our scheduling and other life over time and life there's and... a lot going on mm-hmm. and we don't have a backlog anymore we super don't <laughs> <laughs> so until that happens enjoy us once a month please enjoy us, enjoy us whenever we show up <laughs> we do this for fun we do not get paid <laughs> super don't if we ever do you will know yes thank you bye bye Thank <laughs> you.